Hello everyone, Jay Stansworth here again from the Product Coalition and today we've got our second interview um, where I'm talking to product founders, product managers, designers, essentially anyone who's passionate about their product and business from around the world. Earlier this week um, I spoke to Lee and Ricky from Upspot.io, um, two co-founders involved in a startup that's connecting contractors to technology opportunities. And today I'm following up in our second interview um, with O'Reilly from Seenit.io and uh, I'll hand straight over to O'Reilly and let her introduce herself and the product and we'll get going on talking through um, a few questions. So over to you, O'Reilly. Hi everyone, um, very happy to be here um, to um, talk about product. So I am um, currently head of product at CNET, um, as Jay mentioned. Um, it's um, a UK-based uh, company who creates um, videos for brands using their fan and their employees. Um, a little, um, a little more detail around me. I've been working in product management for about seven years in um, highly re relevant roles, uh, focusing on revenue growth, onboarding for companies such as uh, Spotify, Viadio, Le Figaro um, on mobile apps and online platforms. Um, so yeah, very passionate about product and happy to um, be here today. Great intro. Um, thank you so much. So. Um, Let's let's get talking about um, Seenit.io there and um, your role head of product. Uh, we're going to use the lean canvas as shaping up some of the questions. So, could you tell me a little bit about the problem this product um, is looking to solve? Yeah. So, um, the Seenit um, is um, a platform that allows company um, to produce high um, impact videos. Um, the problem that we're solving is that right now, on average, we've got a, about um, a third of our time spent online watching videos. So, um, and also, like um, more than half of what's shared on Instagram and Facebook are videos. What that leads to is that content becomes ubiquitous. Um, so there is uh, tons of it. And um, what Cinet is allowing to um, to do is that we we produce, we help companies produce impactful content to actually um, 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 be um, more visible and, um, yeah, so basically that's what we do. That's the problem we're trying to solve. Brilliant. And can you t talk me through how, how did the, um, to get where you are today, what, what did early validation of that product market fit look like for, for seeing it? So um, it was um, very basic. Um, the product market fit uh, included just um, um, meeting up with companies, um, explaining to them um, how you could create video at scale. So that included a very um, simple web platform where companies could um, create a sort of a project, um, reach out to, um, for example, their employees. Um, their employees could upload very simply videos on a mobile app following a script to answer questions related to the project in, in, um, in a hand, and then um, being able to upload that content onto the web platform. From that, the company could access everything that was created by, the, by their fan or their employees and create a video from that. So we've just plugged into a third party to, um, 
to actually um, edit that content, uh, offered freelance editors as well, just to make it really usable. Um, but no automation at all. So everything was pretty much um, manually done. Wow, brilliant. Okay. So <laughs> how, how were these customers um, hacking their way around this problem before your product got to market? Or was it just too big a problem for, for them to solve? No, I think um, one of the main thing um, is that um, they would they would do that, but the cost of it was um, very high. Also, if you wanted to film something, for example, if you've got a company that has multiple branches all over the globe, the cost of what that would be to reach out to each of them, sending a film crew all around the world, was very difficult and very expensive. What CNET allows is because it's um, mobile and web-based, um, a company in the UK can create a project and anybody can um, join that project globally. You get that content faster and um, at a smaller cost. Okay, brilliant. So uh, we're gathering a lot more content, a lot more easier um, than ever yep. before for in the enterprise. Yep. Um, what, what are you seeing as typical, once they've gathered the content, how are people yeah. then using that? Is it for brand marketing internally within an organization? Is there, it sounds like the output is a video, um, but it could yeah. be used for anything. Is that correct? Exactly. So we've got multiple use cases. Um, we've got uh, brand awareness. So uh, it would be employees speaking about their brand, um, but freely. So um, that they can, it's also product promotion. So um, yeah, about that, it can be used um, as internal comms, also in broadcasting. That's one of our um, big use cases as well. So broadcasters would actually um, use our platform to generate content and then plug that in um, to um, um, their show or um, online on their web platform. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant. Is there, is there anyone else out there trying to do this or do this in a different way? I, I mean, I think of um, live stream when it comes to the live broadcasting and multiple yeah. camera angles, but not that broader, could be anywhere in the world, any employee sort of concept. So I think um, our main competitors um, are more content production tools. The thing that CNET brings is that we create a community. So it's not a one-off. Any client um, is creating their community that they can reach out to with several projects, several questions, and, um, and, and get info from them, get videos from them, get content from them. That's the added value of uh, CNET. We, we create that community and um, we nurse it as well. So we make sure that it's always there for you. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. So with enterprise customers, it's, uh, I'm chatting to the guys earlier the week at, um, from Upspot and, and they're again targeting yeah. enterprise corporates um, and we discussed how difficult that can be and how long that can take door knocking um, to, yeah. to use the channels and for them um, they talked a lot around networks within enterprises as a key channel to those customers thereafter. Is that yep. similar? Does that resonate with yourself? Is there other tactics that you use to build build the customer base? Um, no. So um, we do a lot of PR. So um, um, that that's definitely handful. 
one of the main challenge um, that we're facing now is uh, trying to um, enter companies, um, all our clients, not just um, in one department, but in every department, because it, it is really a tool that can allow you to do multiple things. Um, so that that's our biggest challenge now is just not entering one part of the company, but being the tool that's used all over the company um, for multiple purposes. Um, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that's that's our main challenge now. Yeah. Okay. And getting that entry into a company, are you finding yeah. that you've got the PR stuff um, going on? This tool, does it sit outside of what a big company would be doing around branding or would it complement whatever their existing marketing strategy may be and they'd start to consider this as part of the, the mix does it fit nicely I in think, or is it a whole new yeah. concept for people no i think i think that's um for me um from a product perspective one of the main challenge you need we're i think we're in a state where you need to educate people about the value of um not not video content but the the added value of having having authentic content um, and it doesn't, it, it's not, it's not about having it perfect. We, n no one's looking for perfect anymore. Um, you don't look for brand, you look for brand advocates, but you don't look for, um, yeah. So I think, I think we're in a state where we educate a lot, our clients on the, the opportunities that our tool offers. That's, that is still a difficult one, even in the product, explaining how you, how you get started with seeing it, um, is, um, is a, uh, to be honest, in seven years of product management, one of the hardest challenge I've I've been facing. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. When you say get started, so uh, to, um, by that you mean the, the typical sort of user onboarding experience. Of yeah. Exactly. Familiarization. You need to, you need, exactly. You need to. Um, the difficulty I think lays in the fact that you need to teach clients, um, even the, even if they've gone through a sales um, um, process and stuff. When they actually, when it's time to actually um, start doing it, start creating your project, start reaching out to your community, gathering those this content, um, you need to explain to them what what do you do on the web platform, what happens on the mobile for your community, um, what's this, all of that. Needs, you need to teach them a lot before they start. What we find um, in the, um, the the journey of our clients is that. It takes a little time to get to, to actually create your first project, um, but then once you've done it for the first time, um, they, they just get on with it. Okay. All so, right. which is, but that that first bit for us um, is one of the current uh, big focus um, in the product. Okay. So, for you, yeah. is that is that a key success metric uh, as a product manager to? Knowing that if customers fail the first project, there's a good chance of losing losing the customer. I think um, because we work on a subscription base, um, I think it's it's our core mission to make sure that their first project is a success. So we give them as many tools at hand as possible to make that um, possible. Our key metrics, I'd say, are. Um, the average number of projects created by clients per month and also the average content generated by uh, users on the app okay. for those projects. Um, 
yeah, those are the two main focus, I think, from a product perspective. Right, okay. So I'm hearing yeah. there they're very much um, quantity-driven metrics. Yeah, yeah, they are. When, when I think about a lot of um, the social-type blogs of, of good content, yeah. um, a lot of them talk about the, the quality of content um yeah such as short succinct to the point that those types of things i'm not a content expert i'm flying yeah, here yeah, yeah. Um, but um h- how do um let's say oh, no, i've got an enterprise of engineers and yeah this product's great for us telling an internal story how do you get qu- quality out of the people who are holding essentially their mobile phones so, in front of them so they still tell an interesting story yeah. How do you help clients so, with that? Yeah, so um, that's something that we are um, actually uh, working on right now. Um, so when I say um, the average of content created by contributors, uh, that includes um, as a um, underneath, uh, like that includes um, helping them create that content and helping them create the right content. So what we do in the app is that we've got, we are adding several steps the, from the product market feed, it was about entering your project name and then going directly to, into filming. What we are helping them doing is that we've added, first of all, we've added a feed. So it means that you really feel part of a community because you see what others have, have created. Um, it can all, it, it's also curated. So then you, you can see um, how people are creating that content, how they're filming. Then on the camera side, um, we, we ha- they, they've got tips. And um, they've got outlays on um, where they should position around the camera. Um, We're giving them little tips about uh, lighting. Um, We've also added in uh, the studio and it's going to it's pushed into the app, little how to videos. Um, So they they can just watch it and feel the the main mission around onboarding um, in the app is making them feel confident about what they're creating. Um, and lowering that fear factor, which is massive because you're used to doing selfies. You're not used to filming yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so w- w- we also need to teach them to feel confident about it. Right. Okay. That's yeah. brilliant. That's really interesting. So how do, um, how do you go about optimizing that? It sounds really, to me, conversational-based, relationship-driven uh, yeah. success to get to the point you're talking about getting to um it's not give them a login and, and away they go and it's very no. much ha- hand in hand um so and th- that's interesting again earlier in the week in the other conversation the guys pick up the phone and speak to every client take them through the platform online are you finding and hearing within product management communities that's becoming more common in the sense of when the web in the earlier days of the web we gave people logins and tried to guide them around with javascript yeah. tips and tools yeah. around the place <laughs> and and now we're still we're going back to picking up the phone and actually having conversations with our with our customers and clients um i think we're in a state where everybody wants to feel unique and they want to feel that they they are personally being t- taken care of so it's about the, everybody needs to log into their app or their web um, website for our clients. It, it's the same. Basically, it, it doesn't change whether they're about to film something or they're about to create a project. They need to feel 
confident, they need to know that it's their environment uh, and only there, and they have control over it. And um, they need to be seamlessly um, taken through uh, where they need to go. Okay, I'm hearing a lot about empathy here. Um, yeah, it is. Um, for the person in their situation, and I suppose for, well, nearly all of your customers, they've got a day job yeah, yeah. on on top of implementing and using yeah. this product. Um, within your product team, do you use tactics like empathy maps and personas to help create a shared understanding of who the people are who use the product? So we've got personas. Okay. Um, yeah, that um, helps us also uh, figure out that every time we've got an idea to um, um, solve a problem that we're facing, that we are um, solving it for our clients. We use that. We don't use empathy maps. Um, maybe we should. Um, but yeah, um, we, we use personas. Okay. Right. Really yeah. to know. I know everyone's got different ways of, of different methods. Yeah. There's a whole library of them. Um, yeah. Can I ask, coming back to having real conversations with customers, um, do you find that insightful to learn how to optimize the experience and also can pick up on verbatims or feedback to deliver on uh, maybe other problems that you didn't know the customers are having for feature backlog and that type of stuff? Yeah, definitely. So um, the, the good and the bad thing about um, working for enterprise, um, the, the amount of feedback that you get is just massive. You get it from in, in, uh, you, you get feedback from um, internal, so uh, sales team, account manager team. You also get them from we've got a support group, um, so we get emails every single day with problems our clients are facing, either on the studio or on the app, um, and that definitely feeds either it's stuff that we already know, so it just confirms that we need to fix that problem, um, or it's something new that we've not thought of. Um, and uh, at that point, then we just try to figure out how much of a problem is it and how we can solve it. But yeah, it's um, we do pick up the phone if we find that um, a client has a big problem and it's difficult for them to solve. Um, we pick up the phone and we just ring them and have a conversation with them. Right. Can I ask um, one of the common questions that aligns to the, when you were saying about collecting so much feedback from customers and it's a question that's come up in the Product Coalition Slack group, I think yeah. once a week for the last three weeks, people have asked, what is the community using to manage their roadmap? Um, yeah. I've got that as a question for you, but before we get to that, what, is the, what are you using to collect all of this data, manage it, manage this feedback and work out what to do with it. How do you go about that in, in daily, daily life, really? So I think in daily life, um, um, I think we're lucky enough that most problems, um, we, we already have them in the backlog. Um, and it, it's always problems that come back. Okay. Um, but what we do is that if we've got a new problem, which, which also happens, um, then we, we do a lot of sync meetings, first of all, with the account manager team, uh, because um, usually we find that people like to give you a solution before trying to um, understand where the problem comes from. Yeah. So we're trying to do that session where we try to understand why this happened. Um, once um, once that's, um, we've got that understanding, then um, we've got an ideation um, session that we, we pick up from um, 
a it's it's not even a backlog because the backlog is stuff that we've decided we would we would be working on, but it's more of a ideation list of um, problems that we've been facing and we pick for, we we pick that up. Okay. We do uh, weekly updates as well um, on um, what are we planning to do for the problems that was um, brought up um, when it was brought up. But we right. we do a um, very um, regular meeting just to so we are in the loop and they're in the loop of how we're solving that. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. It's really interesting to hear um, from product people around the world how how their teams actually work on a day to day basis. Um, just this is some of those insights you're talking about is really interesting, and I, I can see just from the post-its behind you up on the glass, you're obviously working a visual, <laughs> a very visual way. Uh, I can yeah. see some scribbles on the glass there as well. Um, yeah, we do. Uh, is uh, for you as a product manager, are, are you working? Um, is everyone in, in the same location? Is the team? Yeah. Split? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're very lucky to have an in-house um, tech team. So tech and product are. Um, really close together where you can see the office over there okay. so everybody is yep. um, well actually it's quite an empty Friday morning but uh, <laughs> everybody works together um, we do um, we do our stand up together everybody and uh, we're really open about uh, any problems that we're having so just try to deal with it and um, together fantastic but yeah we're lucky fantastic okay um, I, w I wouldn't mind talking a little bit more um, about some of the other roles you've had and other experiences yep. that, that you've got. Um, your previous role at Spotify was head of growth, if I'm correct. Um, uh, activation. Activation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you talk a, a little bit around the world of activation? When yeah. someone's in a role that's purely looking after that and something that's so tight, um, and for me, I, I know and I can imagine how hard a job that is, um, getting more people <laughs> to activate um, and retaining them in a sincere way. Um, yeah. What, what, can you talk a little bit about experiences, stories, what's worked for you, what doesn't work, how you're seeing that area change in the industry? Um, so I guess, so Spotify, uh, just explain briefly, because um, the... Um, Right before Spotify, um, that's when I discovered um, the, the role around being a product manager for growth, um, and and what that me what that meant really. Um, so at Spotify, I was in charge of activation. Activation basically is getting um, well marketing uh, acquisition just sends you a load 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 of user, uh, not even user at that point, but just um, traffic. And then you need to, you need to, you've got, to be fair, you've got about less than a minute to, um, to make any, anyone land on your app or your website, understand what you're about and understand how it works. If you, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't get that, then you get, you, right now we are overloaded with apps, websites. We've got 10 different tools for one thing. Um, so you you need to you need to make sure that um, key number one when you're working on activation that your um, your value is um, clearly stated and visible and understood and that it's not complicated to understand. Um, so 
at Spotify, what that meant is that the, the core the, the core thing that you need to do when you actually download the app is try to play something. Um, and that's um, the, the whole journey around it was that Spotify is is an amazing app. Um, it's it can also be for some users very complex. Um, so it was about understanding that some of our users were not playing um, music on their very first day when it's the one thing they should be doing. So then you think, you, you try to understand where that comes from. The, the, the good thing with Spotify is that they've got massive data. So you can, you can crunch it, try to understand where your traffic is coming from, um, what is the first thing that they do, where do they land, what's on that page, try to analyze that. And then you realize that when you land on Spotify, you don't even have a play button. Like there is no, you don't even, you just see content, but you don't know where to play. Okay. So then that was um, one of the main things that um, we worked on there was, was trying to get users to that point on day one. That, um, that included um, driving them through their first time experience, um, sending them email to show them step by step the different actions they could take. And basically, the whole point of uh, activation for me is getting a single user to becoming an active user. So it means, um, it means Seth saying you want your user to connect to your platform daily. You want them to play at least one thing one day per day. You want them to create a playlist. You set that level, and then your goal is to get them from point A to point B. Wow. Does sounds, that make sense? Yeah, it sounds like what would typically be an entire product roadmap, but scaled down into what you've got to try and get achieved in exactly. between one and five minutes, uh, an entire set of experiences in, in the right order. Uh, almost, I'm uh, thinking like a computer game. Um, you, you've got to make it <laughs> yes. simple. You've got to teach them how to play the game. Yeah. And then exactly. you increase the difficulty when you feel they're able to. Exactly. Right. Okay. And that's your heart. Okay, I can certainly see the connection between your experience with handling all of that on a day-to-day -day basis and um, and what you're doing now at seenit.io with getting people to, to get that first video and what a difference yeah. that makes to, to the business. That, that, that's clear now. Um, you're obviously a user of products yourself. What are you seeing as um, activation, common activation failures by in digital products? Um, if, so I think sometimes um, you, you, people make you um, think a lot, to, a, a bit too much about what you need to do when you get into the app. Um, and I think that's one, I, I download apps on a daily basis. I just go to the app store and just download apps. Um, I find it fun um, and just discover new product and always stay in the loop of how people do things. Um, and I find myself very often uh, downloading an app and uh, like deleting it after a minute because, because I didn't know what to do. Um, and also uh, the overload of information that's displayed um, makes me not want to go further. So I think it's about respecting certain rules as in, you should always have one single thing to do on one page. If you've got more than one and you need to start thinking about what you need to do next, then you failed for me. Okay. 
Brilliant. Um, yeah, I, know, I don't put, know if that makes sense. Nicely put, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, on the same note, what's your thoughts around um, AB and multivariant testing in, in products? Is that something that you're dependent on uh, or that you, you do release by release and see how performance goes or you do it in a more quantitative way through conversation or use, use a mix of everything? So um, it's really funny because I'm, I'm laughing because when I left Spotify to join CNET, um, you, you, you leave a company that offers you like um, A-B testing tools. Uh, you've, got, you've, got, um, you've got teams to do user testing, all of that, and you land into a more startup way where you handle um, three times the size of what you had in terms of product um, scope. And when it comes to A-B testing, um, you, I don't, we, we don't do load balancing or anything, but it's almost at that point where you, you kind of go with the flow and what we do for AB testing, um, we, we don't really do AB testing right now, but we do, uh, user testing sessions, okay. um, beforehand. So we get people in, we show them different versions and we ask them questions to see which one is better understood. Um, so we do that a lot. We are getting into AB testing. Um, with um, I, I really I, I use um, optimizely quite a bit and uh, right. optimize. So um, we're getting there, but right now it's really been about um, basically uh, making sure beforehand that we're building the right thing and it's understood, um, and then uh, release it, and then uh, usually two weeks after we do um, a an analytics session where we sit down, uh, go through the. Um, uh, three success, usually two to three KPIs that we um, we defined as success metrics, and then go through that and just make sure that um, we've actually um, either successed um, to what we wanted to achieve, or um, do we need to tweak anything, um, or is it a complete failure? And then in that th that way, then we just kill the feature rather than just having to maintain it. Right. Okay. And I, I love yeah. hearing that as opposed to chucking more marketing money at it or anything like that mm -hmm. where just, you know um it's it still happens and i know it shouldn't but um it, it, I, I do know that it still happens um yeah um when it comes to um to budgets and marketing do, yeah do, do you um do you find that the big budgets do allow for lazy activation or onboarding experiences because they're more interested in pumping customers and app downloads yeah. and installs than yeah. sincere retention. Is that a belief that you've got, or you? And how do you handle that in a, in a startup environment? Um, so um, I think from um, from here at CNET, um, we get we do get a lot of app downloads. Um, and I think it, it is a useful metric and it's, it is a metric that we, we look after um, from our uh, activation funnel. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really believe in chucking a lot of money um, in marketing um, if you can't get to, if you can't satisfy the user at the end. Um, I do believe that you also need to be sometimes pushed by marketing to increase um how your product works so i think it's it's for me it's just about finding that balance okay um but um the good thing i think we have in a startup is that we we talk we um you, you communication is the best solution to anything 
And we just make sure that we're not overloaded with traffic we can't handle. Or okay. if we get too many unsatisfied clients, then we, we just we just try to understand why and fix it. Um, and just, yeah, but we we do need to keep going uh, because we, we're building a business. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't believe in having, a, for example, an army of sales and then having a poor product. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, no. I'm yeah. typically of the of the same same mindset. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, I'm going to finish up with um, it's a it's a question I finished up the last interview with, and um, it caught the guys off guard a little bit. So I'm going to try it again. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, so uh, as as a, as head of product at Senior.io, um, yeah. For any product manager, a lot of the time you're testing risky assumptions. Uh, in the product and yep. see if they work yep. or not. What can you share about the riskiest assumption you, you're, you've got around the product at the moment? Um, okay. Um, so I think the riskiest assumption that we have right now is that... Um, is that um, on the app um, to drive, um, to, to increase the number of content created, we believe that uh, we need to create a more community vibe. Um, and that includes, um, it is risky in terms of uh, how much it costs in terms of the development because we're testing adding a feed. Um, uh, we're testing two-way messaging. We've added that into the app. Um, we're, we're building all of these features based on the assumption that creating a community vibe will increase the quality and quantity of content. And um, on the other hand, um, you could say that um, it is risky because um, maybe it's not a community vibe that we need. Maybe it's just um, better understanding on how you can create that video and maybe, yeah. So I think for me, that's the biggest assumption and the riskiest assumption that we are making on the app. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I think the, <laughs> the, the people watching this will just find it so interesting to see our fellow product manager is thinking about real world problems and, and handling them. And it was great to hear a little bit about the culture of your team when it comes to accepting failure um, as well. I, I think that's really noble. Yeah. I do, um, I'll just add one thing on failure. Um, I think it actually builds the best product. So um, you, you do need to fail to find the best solution. So I think it's really healthy to fail. Thank you so much for this morning, <laughs> your time, this evening, my time, O'Reilly. Yeah, uh, um, it's been, thank you so been much, really Dave. really interesting to hear and learn about the product, um, yourself and your experiences. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dave. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. So there we have it, another interview um, uh, from product people for the Product Coalition. A big thank you to O'Reilly from seenit.io. Um, we'll get this video out in a Medium article and newsletter as well, and we'll share some information about O'Reilly and the Seenit product if you want to know more about that. If you're interested in being interviewed for the Product Coalition, uh, like I O'Reilly was, 
today. Um, please get in touch with myself, it's jay at productcoalition.com um, or you can respond to one of the medium posts um, on productcoalition.com and, and get in touch with me there. That's all for now, until the next interview, which all being well should be next week. Um, look forward to sharing that with you. Take care.